Hello, everybody. Thanks for, uh, for being here. My name is uh, Francesco Micheli, and uh, I work in Google as a YouTube Partnership Manager for the Vertical Family and Learning for EMEA. Today, we're going to have uh, a, a session of, uh, of um, about 20 to 25 minutes with a presentation uh, about the YouTube Kids app with some, um, some data and uh, some um, about, uh, about the industry, about the app itself since the launch in February 2015, initially in the, in the US. Uh, we're going to see a little bit of the content of the app, some features and trends. After this, uh, I will give the stage to my colleague Cedric, uh, who will moderate a panel of content producers and, um, and distributors who already have experience with YouTube Kids, and uh, so that you can hear a little bit from them and from their experience, and at the end, make some questions as well. So let's start from some uh, industry trend. So uh, this is a, a research made by the measurement company Zenit and published on record.net. This shows the growth of consumption of uh, online content versus TV content per individual user per day. So as you see, like the forecast is that in 2019, for the first time, in average, users will watch as much content online as on TV. So 170 minutes per day consumed online, same as, as, uh, as in TV. In 2020, the forecast is that finally users will spend more time online than, uh, than on TV. Uh, advertisers are ahead of the curve, and already in 2019, according to the research, at the global level, they will spend $60 billion more on online advertisers advertising rather than in, uh, than in TV. When we look at the, at the user's behavior, we know that more and more families are using, uh, prefer to, to watch content on handheld devices rather than on traditional media uh, in order to be able to access the content whenever uh, they want and wherever they are. According to some researches of uh, eMarketer as well, we know that in the US, for example, uh, the 41% of kids between 0 to 11 years old have access to Android devices, and 57% uh, uh, of kids prefer to watch content on uh, Android devices rather than on, uh, than on TV. So these trends, together with the need and the opportunity for us to bring content from YouTube in an optimized and suitable way for kids and families, uh, will tell us more, more about the reason why we have launched the YouTube Kids app. So as I mentioned, so we, we, we launched initially YouTube Kids in the US in February 2015, and uh, in October of the same year in, uh, in the UK, and since then in 37 countries and eight, uh, eight languages. YouTube Kids is a free app based on an advertising model, which is optimized for having in mind an audience of children between three to eight years old, three to nine years old, sorry. Uh, you see the, um, uh, that is visually optimized for, for this audience, so there are big thumbnails, not much text. Uh, there is a search with a prominent voice search, which is the most used type of search for, uh, uh, for children, not only preschool, but also of school age. And also the, the content and the type of advertising are, um, are on the app having in mind this, app, this type of, uh, of audience. So with regards to the content, we pull content from YouTube. However, the content is narrowed through a set of uh, algorithmic filters and uh, a certain amount of manual review as well in order to select the content which is suitable for kids and families. And when we think about advertising, 
Also, there is a, a more limited set of advertising which is allowed on the app. So, for example, we don't have advertising of uh, food, advertising of drinks. Um, also, advertising is sold only on a reservation basis, uh, not on a self-service basis through, um, through AdWords. And there is a lower exposure to advertising and to ads, also having in mind the type of, uh, of audience. The app is, uh, is uh, COPPA compliant. So, which means that uh, we don't track any data at user level. It's a completely locked out experience and there are not any, any links, uh, both in the advertising and in the content that we bring outside of the, of the app itself. And finally, also the social part. So um, we think about comments and sharing has been removed from the app experience. Those are some global data about, uh, about the app since the moment of launch. So it, uh, it has a, a, a huge success. So we had tens of millions of downloads. It's the number one kids app in the App Store in the US, UK, France, and Spain. And it has an astonishing 4.6 rating on the App Store. The app accrued over 70 billion views since launch. It has been launched in 37 countries and eight languages, and it, uh, it can count on more than 11 million weekly active users. You can see also some of the awards won by the, by the app. So it won the best product and service for children at the Digital Safety Award in the UK in 2017. The Google Play Best of 2016 app for uh, UK, France, Spain, and Russia. And just last year uh, on Shopify .fr, it has been voted by nearly 5,000 families as the family's favorite kids app for, uh, for France. On the home screen of the app, we have uh, four main categories, plus a fifth one, which is recommended videos that we will show after you will have started navigating and watching some content. So the system will try to show uh, more content that is more interesting for, uh, for the specific user that is using the device at that point. The four categories uh, are aligned with the type of content that we want to bring in front of the eyes of kids and families. So you can see here the, uh, the names, it's shows, explore, learning, and music. So three out of four are quite self-explanatory, so shows, learning, and music. And explore is the type of content that brings kids to explore the outside world and to interact with it in the real life. So think about tutorials or arts and crafts, for instance. The content that we want on the app is aligned with the three E's. So we want to bring content that uh, engages kids, so it makes, that makes so that they have fun with the content on the app, but also that enriches their, their mind and lives and also brings them to explore the outside world and, having a, and have an active uh, uh, viewership and on the app rather than a passive one. Interesting to note, how over three quarters of users, in fact, are inspired by YouTube kids to take part in real world activities like singing, dancing, arts and craft, and help with their, with their homework. Since the beginning, we have launched a, quite a, an extensive uh, set of parental controls in order to allow parents to, to manage the experience of their children on the app. So for example, since the beginning, we gave the possibility of par to parents to use the, uh, a timer in order to decide for how long their children should be 
uh, watching content on the app and also to provide feedback on the videos. So if parents will think that there are, think that there are some, uh, some videos that are not suitable for, uh, for kids watching the app, they can flag, they can flag the videos through the, through the app and the videos will be uh, quickly reviewed by our, by our team and removed if it's necessary. Since then, we also added some more parental controls. So recently, a few months ago, we launched the, the profile. So now parents can create up to eight kid profiles in order to customize the experience of every child. So they can set the name of the child and the age as well of the child. So the content will be more skewed towards the, uh, the age on the homepage, towards the age of the child that has been selected by the, by the parents. And also uh, according to, to the experience and what kids are watching on the specific profile, um, there will be different type of uh, video recommendations across the devices. Each profile has kid setting, and also an important thing is that through profiles, parents are also able to block specific, uh, specific uh, videos or channels uh, in order to make so that even though the content could be suitable for, for children and it's, it's fine to be shown on the app, but maybe parents wouldn't like their, chi their children to watch specific videos and channels, therefore they can narrow their experience and make so that their kids will not be able to access that specific content on the app. So there are other, other additional parental controls that we launched in the, in the last months, and also we are going as well to launch something more in the next, in the, in the coming months. So first of all, we have an improved search of control. So it's, po it's possible for parents to remove the possibility for their children to search content on the app. So they will only be able to see the content which is on the homepage, uh, and as well content which is related to the videos on the homepage. However, all the content that will be accessible in this way will have been before uh, manually reviewed by the YouTube Kids team. So to make so that uh, parents can feel even more comfortable about the experience on their of their children on the app. Also, recently we have introduced collections. Uh, so they are essentially collections of, uh, of channels uh, that can be selected by, by parents from the device. And the collection, collection of channels are being created either by YouTube Kids according to different categories and according to the quality of the shows and the popularity of the shows. So you will see here some categories, so arts and craft, music, learning, gaming, for example, or created by some third parties. So we have some... Uh, uh, non-profit organizations or some uh, popular personalities and trusted personalities to create their collections of channels according to a specific theme uh, and topics that they would like to present and bring in front of the attention to the attention of uh, kids and, uh, and families. And so families can decide to narrow the experience to make so of their children to make so that children will be able only to watch the content that's taken from one or more of these, uh, uh, of these uh, collections of channels. In the next months, in the coming months, we also would like to bring the possibility for, uh, for parents to handpick the channels and videos that they would like their, their children to watch. So in order to have full control on the content of the content on the, on the app. And so to decide what type of experience their children will have on the, on the YouTube Kids app. So 
let's let's talk a little bit of uh, what's hot and trendy on uh, YouTube Kids. Obviously, there are different types of uh, of audiences on the on the app. So there will be um, younger children, so um, pre- a preschool audience. So, for example, they will watch more content which is related to nursery rhymes, to uh, playing with dolls, plays with uh, cars and trucks, um, preschool animation, traditional cartoons. And then when we think about older kids, so for example, starting from five to eight years old, they will watch also more learning content, uh, more uh, music, gaming, and also when we go towards older audiences, so kids will watch more and more music and uh, gaming content on the, on the app. Specifically, those are some of the recent and uh, upcoming trends on the um, on the app. So you will see nostalgia brands are coming are making a comeback. Covers of pop songs are very popular on the on the app. Full episodes of popular shows, ensembles versus individual characters, and themes like friendship, magic, adventure, challenge, adversity. And then we move more and more towards more gender neutral uh, content and focus on uh, strong female leads. So many of our top creators are diversifying their content strategies by including new formats, like for example, animating, animating their live shows uh, and also bringing mascots or puppets into their live action shows. Uh, you see here, there is an interesting example from the Hebe family, uh, which is incorporating some odd trends like Fortnite into their show through taking some, uh, some of the popular dance moves of the, of the show itself and making them more accessible and family friendly for the for the users on the app. Let's go to to look a little bit more in some other trendy content on the on the app. Top challenges first, very popular. Some examples here. Morning routine videos. Less compilations compared to the past and more long form with the narrative content. And finally, hot toys, games, and upcoming film releases. Let's take a look now to some seasonal and bespoke content on the, on the app. So for how many of you are watching the app now, you'll see that besides the, um, the four categories that I mentioned before, there will be another category which is related to football. So obviously, a lot of people are watching a lot of content now related to, to football. Uh, and therefore, we have created a specific category uh, that you will see on the, on the app. So from every now and then, we, we, when there are some uh, hot uh, seasonal moment uh, with some very interesting trend uh, for families and kids. We will populate a specific category for uh, for children so that they can find some fresh content aligned with what's hot at the moment. So you see here are some examples. So you see, you see like we had the month of making in May, football right now for June and, uh, and July, uh, reading month in August, uh, uh, Halloween, October, <laughs> and holidays in December. 
So this was Burkap, some great content which is being created on purpose for uh, YouTube Kids by Rovio um, and in collaboration with, uh, with Everton. So it's a live action show which is uh, featuring some of the characters of Angry Birds as well as Tucker Kid and as well as some of the football stars of uh, Everton including also Wayne Rooney. Um, so again, some very interesting formats specifically uh, for, for kids to watch something which is very aligned to to what everybody is looking is watching right now also still in the in the football category for younger kids uh, also um, you will find a, a, a series related to football created on purpose for uh, for youtube kids by masha and the bear and for older kids you will see a playlist uh, by by fifa with the highlights uh, uh, and the top goals from the world cup Another interesting example here. Hey everyone, I'm Maddie and I have a channel on YouTube called, well, it's named after me actually, Maddie Moat. And my channel is a place that you can watch and join me on educational adventures. I love to get outside, meet new people and visit amazing places, all to satisfy my curiosity and learn new things. But my friends at the YouTube Kids app got in touch and asked me if I'd be interested in making a playlist of all my favorite educational videos. And there are so many channels out there that inspire me to get curious that I had to say yes. So you're about to join me on a video journey as we explore all the ways we can have fun learning. We'll watch a bunch of cool YouTube videos and I'll pop up every now and again just to explain where we're going next. But let's start with one of my favorite ways to learn and that's to get outside and explore just like Coyote Peterson from the Brave Wilderness channel. So these first few videos are gonna take us outside into the wild, led by the Brave Wilderness team, and we'll learn a bunch of cool stuff along the way. Are you ready? Let's get exploring. So this was uh, Matty Mott, who's a presenter for BBC and the YouTuber. And uh, this was the introduction to her guest picks playlist. So guest picks playlists are playlists that, that are created by some popular personalities, uh, both imaginaries, like you see here Shrek or the Minions or from the real world. So you see, for example, Ellen or Kali Kloss. Um, so, and um, we asked those personalities to create an introduction and to put together a playlist of videos that they found the, across the content of, uh, of the app, which is themed around the topic uh, that they would like to show to families and kids. So usually a positive message or something which is related to their content and that find interesting for, uh, for kids and families. So it's again like some interesting way for, uh, for families to find some, uh, some positive, nice uh, content wrapped in a nice way uh, on, the, on the home screen of the, of the YouTube Kids app. We also have, by the way, on the football category, a guest pick created by, by Chelsea. So again, uh, specifically for, uh, for this moment. 
So and last but not least, for, for the ones of you who are interested and uh, would like to understand better how to optimize your content, to create your content, uh, uh, making it suitable for the YouTube Kids app, um, you can see here a link um, where you can download the Creating for YouTube Kids field guide, which is a guide that we, re we released about uh, in, in December of uh, more than 80 pages. So it's very comprehensive and will give you a lot of tips about how to create content which is suitable for families and kids and how to engage kids in the best possible way. So I will now give the stage to, to my colleague Cedric Petitpa and to, to our panel. So in order for you to hear more directly from the experience of somebody who is working with content and who is already working with content as well on the YouTube Kids app. Thank you. Um, my name is Cedric. I work with Francesco as a partner manager um, based um, in London, uh, looking after Northern European content partners uh, on YouTube. And um, I'm joined today, I'm pleased to be joined today by uh, three amazing partners I work with on a daily basis um, from three very different uh, companies. Um, first, of, uh, first of all, we have um, Embrina Budali from um, toy company Lego. Um, and then we have Tara Craze from E1 Family and my good child from Turner, um, Amiya. Um, so I, th I thought we, it'd be interesting to start a little bit with, with the, your journey on YouTube. Also, because you're, you're very different companies, from a toy manufacturer to a production and distribution company and then a broadcaster. I think it'd be interesting to give um, the audience how um, differently you approached um, the, the um, getting on to YouTube. Um, so, Andrea, do you want to... Start yeah, a little I can bit. start. I don't know if you can hear me. Um, uh, yeah, so our YouTube journey has been um, a long one. Um, we started back in 2012 um, and launched one um, YouTube channel, which was our Lego channel, um, and encompassed everything that we were doing. Um, and six years later, and fast forward six years later, we're now um, at eight channels um, in total. And that's only been in the last year we've, we've launched an additional um, seven channels. And what we've found is that for a long time we were doing a lot of animated content, so focused on our different themes and stories um, and, uh, and characters. Um, and we have a whole ton of characters and themes within the Lego universe. Um, and actually what we've done now is, is of course still have a focus on that, um, but looking at Made for YouTube content specifically so things like live action challenges games um, all of those themes that Francesco just touched on um, and uh, and how we can do um, kind of cater to our different audiences um, we recognize that Lego is a very loved brand um, by many people from toddlers right through our adult fans um, our Ethels um, which are our, our adult fans of Lego um, so we do need to cater um, and make 
uh, content that suits those different audiences. Um, so that's where we currently are now. Um, and we actually have a small team of um, about eight people, both here and in the US, um, currently making um, and producing content that is specifically made for the YouTube platform um, for all of those different audiences. Very good. And, and I remember when we started working together, you were just uh, passing the one million subscriber mark and you, you're now five, five million, million on the yeah. main channel. Yes, we are only. the number one brand creator. Just just to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tara, do you want to talk yeah, a little bit? Yeah, so our journey was interesting because it, it basically started out as a piracy issue. Uh, and I think that's kind of where a lot of people start mm -hmm. and they that's didn't really realize what YouTube was. And um, so that's how it started probably in 2012, 13. Um, but then kind of quickly realized that it's actually uh, a marketing opportunity, a free marketing platform. And how could we use that in a positive way? So we've come a long way since then. Um, and we're continuing, continuing to work with licensing partners, uh, broadcasters, and even our internal teams, our licensing teams, marketing teams, and kind of trying to bridge that gap um, and work cohesively. So that's kind of my focus and how we can, how we can work together um, in order to use YouTube as a distribution platform as part of our wider strategy. How many channels do you have today? Oh God, um, so quite a lot. We, we break it down by language, not by territory, um, which is quite an interesting strategy when you're talking to broadcasters who are based on a territory basis. Um, so we'd have a global English channel, so that encompasses US, UK, Canada. Um, so I think we probably have 14 channels, language channels for Pepper, 14 language channels for PJ Masks. Um, it just depends where the rights are available and what we can and can't do. And in certain territories, uh, we're slightly more restricted and in certain territories we're not. Um, so again, it's working and finding out where we're perhaps uh, got a little bit of underexposure in certain markets and then how can we kind of do a bit more on YouTube? Um, and, and that's kind of how we based our strategy initially. Mark? So, so we're, I suppose, we're more similar to Tara in the sense that, you know, content is our uh, video content is our core business it's our core core content and traditionally i think there was a little bit of it, it was about uh, piracy seeing what was going on particularly uh, that sort of fine line between um, fans taking your content and enhancing it and appropriating it and making you know sh sharing their love but also professional pirates out there who were just trying to you know, take take the, the value from your brands um, but over the years, I think we've we've got again much more professionalised around it. For us, our, um, it's uh, for us it's around Cartoon. Just state the obvious: it's around Cartoon Network, it's Boomerang, and then we also have some verticals around some of our specific brands like Ben Ten. And for us, it's very much about the ecology of where kids, how kids consume. You know, we we are on uh, linear channels, we have SVOD channels. Um, and YouTube is very much part of the mix. And it's very much about children being able to see the, their favorite content when they want, how they want. Um, I think for us, particularly in EMEA, the big emphasis has been about um, being locally relevant. Mm -hmm. And how do you curate your content so that it actually really means something to, to kids wherever they are? You know, if you're a kid in Italy, it needs to talk to you. We do a lot, we spend a lot of time agonizing around localization. It's not the easiest thing to do quickly. Mm -hmm. it, we're sort of having to disrupt our own systems to work out how do we get YouTube content out to all the markets very quickly. I work across 20 different markets. Um, and over those years, we've seen different markets grow with YouTube to different, uh, as they've 
acquire different expertise, but also the markets are incredibly different. You mm-hmm. see, you know, in some places you see um, YouTube being very, uh, you know, running running away. In other markets, it seems to be a bit more reticent. And obviously, with YouTube Kids, we don't have it in all markets yet, mm-hmm. in all languages. So I think that's something we're looking forward to. Is YouTube Kids goes to more markets, then we can make sure we've got tailored content for YouTube Kids. What what are your KPIs uh, when when it comes to a digital strategy on YouTube? Being a broadcaster, is it first and foremost uh, driving people back to your platform? Um, it's a mixture. It's it's definitely around awareness and reach, and then I, that would be the first point. It's about extending our brands mm-hmm. to where kids are. We know it's an incredibly fragmented world. It's a it's a battle for attention every day now, um, making sure that kids want to spend time watching your content and then the second I think increasingly we're now spending more time on rather than just putting content up on YouTube and saying we've got the the views and we've got the watch time uh, how does that engagement work you know when's the drop-off really going quite granular and looking at pieces of content and seeing it's all very well that someone kids have come on and started watching but have they consumed all the way through what can we do to make that much more compelling We've got the you know the algorithms trying to drive them elsewhere. Mm-hmm. From our point of view, we want to keep them purely on our content. Are there any for any of you like what 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 is the business? Uh, what does what do business KPIs look like? So I, I can for us it's incremental. It, okay. You know it's not it's not it's we certainly haven't taken the view that this is to substitute traditional our traditional business on mm-hmm. TV where you know advertising led on TV. Um, we know advertisers have been you know, migrating backwards and forwards about where they put their money. Um, that's not our primary focus for doing for being on YouTube. It's about being fan-centric. I think if you do that well, then obviously you get that incremental me- mm-hmm. financial value as well. And we do measure it, but that's not the primary purpose. How about you, Tara? Yeah, I mean, we're not really a KPI-focused business, at least not in the digital space, because I think it's all about the wider business and how, I mean, our success for us is just getting as many people seeing our content as possible in whatever format that may be, and YouTube's a part of that. Um, But YouTube specifically... KPIs that I might look at um, just for my own fun because uh, there's tons of data um, is looking at watch times obviously the result but then how do you get to watch time so everyone's talking about watch time and views but how do you actually get there in the first place so for me it's really interesting to look at click through rate impressions um, average view duration when are kids rewinding and when are they dropping off and then how can we use that data to then go back to the team and say you know this is what we found and actually it's free data uh, so as a testing platform it's been fundamental to us to help inform those those strategic decisions how do you um, maybe specifically to you uh, Amberina, how do you measure success yeah, it's actually similar to these guys, even though it's very different business models. Um, we are in the test and learn mindset as well um, on YouTube. Um, and for a long time, we were putting out content that is very passive. Um, so it was passive viewing, but we are very much focused on engagement and using YouTube um, as as it's intended to. So a platform that kids come back to, they expect to see the same characters, personalities, um, and, and just the regular viewership. Um, as well. Um, We do focus on things like watch time, of course, uh, retention, engagement, um, but also how can we retain those audiences, um, especially those that 
don't have that high affinity with the Lego brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, you know, the Lego brand is, again, it's very loved um, and has um, a really loyal following. Um, but we also we are also interested in, in those that don't have um, and mostly interested in those that don't have that, that affinity with us yet because that's the way we can get new audiences, new customers um, and so on. Um, so that's a, a big focus for us of how can we um, take the content and make it uh, YouTube friendly that, so that it's more um, digestible um, for them to watch. And, and what, con- what type of content works best for you? Um, I would say, I mean, of course, aside from the animated stuff, which is very um, centered around our characters and themes, um, but then outside of that, where the lower affinity comes in is things like um, live building, um, live uh, live as a whole, um, live formats um, uh, work really well. Uh, Things like um, our gaming content, trailers, uh, trailer releases, um, and also live action that's personality-led. I think as soon as you have somebody that um, has the kind of, you know, the YouTuber personality that comes in and speaks to these kids as someone that's inspiring um, and that they can learn from and entertain them. Um, I think that's where we want to uh, focus more um, our attention on as well. Mm-hmm. T- uh, Tara, do, um, do you know roughly like what amount of your content gets watched through the, the kids app? Yeah, so in the US it's around 30%. Yeah. Um, the UK probably quite a similar number. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the content that we create for the kids app and for YouTube, it's um, again we're just looking at the data continuously uh, just to see what works. I mean, I've noticed a shift in YouTube recently, which I think was mentioned uh, by Francesco. It's just um, more towards not racking up views in aggregate, but more about creating that quality content. And so that's going to be much more important for our strategy and you know where we're going is spending that additional time on creating something that resonates and you know makes sense in an evergreen world and in a, in the long tail. Um, jumping on trends is great, um, and we look at suggested traffic all the time. But in terms of themes that are really that, that I'm seeing that are working is definitely learning. Um, educational content um so we're trying to try to do more 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 around that how about you mark like between the 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 channel content and the franchises uh have you noticed like differences yeah well i I think certainly one of the things you see is definitely as as was mentioned before about the difference in ages younger kids and i think this has been borne out by ofcom as well that younger kids seem to be more you know what we're now calling traditional cartoon content um you know it's it's a it's a different viewing experience. Possibly for them, it's, you know, they haven't grown up watching TV, so this is what TV looks like to them. As you get older, with the older kids, it's de- it's certainly veering more to you know this authentic you made for YouTube. So you know people people primarily, but and this is one thing we're working on is how do we take that sort of ethos of influencers, but turn that into a cartoon world, breaking that fourth wall, talking directly, having a, a very uh, close personal uh, relationship, like the, the clip mm-hmm. we saw, um, and I think you know that's that is definitely something that seems to mirror how kids are maturing. I think it's something to do. You know, as kids hit seven and eight, they are becoming more empathetic. They they're more interested in other children and other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so why wouldn't they be interested in presenters and 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 um, you know people talking to them in their language? So. I think you see that shift. We also um, bal- are balancing our, you know, we're, we're known for curating content. That's what 
TV channels traditionally are. So we have fans of Cartoon Network. And so our Cartoon Network channels on YouTube are about satisfying those fans. And you have to balance that very carefully because you know, we all want subscribers, but you can lose subscribers as well if you start sort of um, uh, hijacking your own channel mm-hmm. to push something that's actually not yeah. really what they want, they want to have. And I think kids feel quite passionate about you know, their channels now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our fans of individual brands, and that's why we break it up. So you might have kids who are coming in from a particular on a particular brand, big fan of Ben 10, and that's all they want, and that, that's about satisfying those brands. So we work with um, agencies to run those uh, verticals. Um, but it is a balance. It's, you're constantly trying to make sure that you're, you're um, thinking like the audience. And I think it is, I think it's adding, a, I came from TV originally, and I think that, that proximity to your audience is something that you, know, you mentioned the data really gives you. It can be a bit overwhelming because you're going, what do I do tomorrow? Um, but it is making everyone fine-tune a lot more. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of opportunities, like Francesco mentioned, on, on, on the app to curate content, make editorial initiatives around the World Cup, month of making we had in May. Um, and, and you guys always take part. Like, how, how do you fit that in your content strategy, like in your, in your production Um. Yeah, so I mean, our calendar will always have those seasonal events. Um, We'll get YouTube's calendar of monthly moments. We'll make sure that we're hitting those key themes. Um, And also just trying to share that content around other departments as well, because social are clearly doing the same thing. So if we're creating a YouTube video, can we make a 30 second short and give it to social? You know, and just trying to share that knowledge and share that content. And I think that's something that we're working or moving towards. Um, but definitely those monthly moments are in our, in our content strategy before we've even started making the content. We'll know what we're doing for December um, and make sure we're hitting that. Is there anything, so like each of you, is there anything um, you'd like to see in the kids app that, that the app doesn't have yet and... Um, you know, would be a game changer, would help um, getting kids more engaged with your brands off the top of your head? So, so I think it's for, it's for the older kids. I think the challenge, and I think you talked about a lot of the parental controls, but as you'll get, you know, it was, uh, Michael Rosen last night talked about this sort of world where, you know, the older kids don't want to be mediated mm-hmm. second by second by their parents. I don't think parents probably have the time to do it either. Mm-hmm. We often see that, that actually parents don't use the parental controls that are available. But in spite of that, like the regulations are... Are there, stri- are there. So it's, ava- it's available well. if you want yeah. it. But I think trying to work out this, you know, how do you... Cur- providing alternate means of curation. I love the playlists, mm-hmm. but could you have um, uh, crowdsourced playlists? Mm-hmm. Bringing in that more that sense of that this is a community who are... Um, starting uh, the fans starting to uh, be part of that value chain and saying actually this is good quality this is what quality looks like it's not an algorithm telling us and it's not a broadcaster telling us you know we are we are the consumers and we are going to give this some sort of rating Uh, we approve of this as being appropriate for kids my age Mm -hmm. and I think that would be really interesting to start seeing how you can outsource that back to the community parents and kids Mm -hmm. interestingly Um, and then, and, and I think then generally for kids, is how do we open? You, know, you don't want to have older kids don't want to have such a wall garden, mm. but you also don't want to just completely open up the gates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I think also the, we see that you know our target um, group is around the eight to nine year old um, kid, and they do tend to skew older. They watch content that skews older, and they want to be part of this core community um, and feel part of that. And and also they want to behave like a YouTuber themselves. Um, and I think enabling them to be able to make their own videos and create just as we do on YouTube normal and mm -hmm. ha giving them that cre those creativity, those creative tools to be able to do that, I think will actually enhance the, the YouTube Kids app experience. Tara, what do you yeah, think? I'm just going to echo off <laughs> and not say anything. Uh, I think, I think, I think there's, there's also a business thing. You know, for all of us, we've got other objectives. You know, we've got to, you've got to sell toys um, off the back of stuff. I've got to make sure that the rest of yeah. our universe is, is discovered. And I think that's one of the things, yeah. particularly, um, how do you, you know, what, what we traditionally refer to as end card, end card strategy. You know, can, how do we make that more sophisticated so that it is about those onward journeys to safe curated spaces again? Um, but you know, that's where there's sometimes a tension because you know, your your objective is to keep them on the YouTube app forever. My objective is to introduce them to the <laughs> breadth of our other products. Um, and so, you know, finding that happy medium about how you can use those use the the, the platform to also discover off-platform things, but mm -hmm within within the sort of the safe environments that we we all create we try to encourage that like, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I mean, no, no. Well, i'll keep on nudging <laughs> <laughs> um i think we're running out of time um if you have any further questions uh we'll be hanging around uh the showroom and the hub space as well uh that's across the road and i'm, I'm being told that there are lunch bags there that are already available um, thank you very much, uh, three of you. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, the room needs to be cleared as quickly as possible. <laughs> so the rules. Um, and here in Cinema 3, the next session starts at 12.40, uh, and it's called The Art of Laughter and the Art of Meaning Making. Um, and if you can fit it in, check out the CMC Playground as well. Uh, it's at the Millennium Gallery outside in Sheffield. Um, it's a week-long exhibition that's focusing on interactive art uh, for children and families. It's for Sheffield kids, uh, Sheffield's kids, but it's also for all of us, and we are sponsoring it. So we'll see you there as well. Have a wonderful lunch and afternoon. Thank you.